that's ever happened to me. Oh, glory be to God. We draw this morning. I'd like to draw attention to Romans six chapter. As we deal with how Jesus truly is the best thing that ever happened. When things good happen, we oftentimes mark those occasions. We mark this date on the calendar because of what happened back in 1776. The signing of the Declaration of Independence on Historians say it was actually July 2nd, but they celebrate July 4th. But either way, it was written that we had to learn. I used to have it memorized. I got my cliff notes here. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. And as we think about our history, that's the best thing that happened to this country was on that date when they were set free of depending on Great Britain. But yet when they were set free from Great Britain, they had new laws that they had to make up. And in that, they then had to come up with the bills of rights and coming up with the Constitution. The states came up with the individual constitutions to help govern these states that were no longer colonies but then were sovereign. But as we look at the 4th of July, let's look at your date of your independence. You, you might remember the day you walked this very aisle or you might have sat at the front bench at the revival service or you might have been on a street corner and somebody hit you or you might have been alone in your room at home and, and God ministered to you there. But you might remember the place or the year or maybe even the date of when it was told to you how you've been set free. I want to deal with the topic free in dependence. Not independence, but we are free in dependence. I want to highlight today, if you miss everything else I say, that we have been set free to depend on God. You might, if you fall asleep after that, you got the point of the message. That's all I'm trying to deal with on this morning. That we truly have liberty, we truly have freedom when we are in depending on our God. In Romans, the sixth chapter, y'all with me there? I will read uh, verse 17. It says, thank God. Once you were slaves of sin, but now you wholeheartedly obey this teaching we have given you, now you are free from slavery to sin, and you have become slaves to righteous living. Can I read that again? I, I like how the New Living translators open it up, saying, thank God. 
Once you were slaves of sin, but now you wholeheartedly obey this teaching we have given you. Now you are free from your slavery to sin, and you have become slaves to righteous living. May you join me in prayer. Father, I pray right now, Lord, all of you, none of me. I decrease so you can increase through me to preach your word with power to us, your people. All those who agree, say amen. Free in dependence. We celebrate in the 4th of July that we have, have independence, that we are a sovereign state. We no longer depend on Great Britain and, and they're hostile. They're about to become a hostile takeover with the Germans being turned over to come in and, and take over the land. And you know, there was some underhanded stuff going on that the people said, we're not going to get turned over to a hostile takeover. But yet we understand we need to have dependence. But yet the people even already in the Congress were wrestling, do I really want to be set free? That's sometimes in our lives that we have been so comfortable with what, how things have been that if change is mentioned, we start thinking how things are going to be different. And the problem is that since change has been introduced, we do not know what change is going to look like. And so, therefore, we have that instance of we have the fear of the unknown. The fear of the unknown then was who was going to rule us, who was going to be over us, how are we going to stay together. And as we know that they didn't have it all together because later on there was a civil war. We, we know that they didn't have it all together then, but they had an idea that we need to be independent of Great Britain. Let's look at our lives as we see in this Bible. He's telling us that, thank God, we've been set free. Free from what? Free from slavery. Now, let's look at this. You might be thinking to yourself, I've never been a slave all my life. Well, he points out in Romans, the sixth chapter, you look ahead of that. He said, anything that you are obeying to has become your master. Now, I know that hurt a lot of people. But that's what it says. That if you obey it, then it is your master. Look at the things that you might have been obeying before you've been set free. And then some of you might still be struggling with these things. You might have been obeying your thirst. And I'm not talking about Sprite. You couldn't pass up a bar on Friday night. You had to make sure your cabinet stayed filled so when it was time to get your drink on, you had it there. You couldn't pass up the gas station because you had to go get whatever they had up in there. I had friends that used to go and get some fillies so they could take the tobacco out put something else in. Hello, somebody. And they obeyed their desires that were willing to destroy their body. It's amazing. It's amazing how we have a lust, a desire for things that will really destroy us. My, mine is not on the illegal list, but it should be. I'm, I obey the lust and desire for sugar. I love some candy. Love it so much my teeth are rotten. 
Love it so much, I know the dentist likes when I come in because he sings his friend for him. Crown him and crown him. When I walk up in there, they know I'm about to get paid. Cha-ching, because I eat so much sugar, my teeth can't handle it. And so I had to realize that I got to learn to no longer be a slave to the sugar, but start changing my appetites. When you look in our text, it says that we have been free from being under the influence of sin. It says you are obedient to sin, but now obeying sin leads to death. But we need to realize that we have been set free of the old self. Tell your neighbor, I've been free of the old self. The one who's not talking, I'm going to hope you get set free by tonight. See, I'm talking to you. That's who I'm talking to. See, I'm glad you were silent. I know who I'm talking to now. See, if you're not free of your old self, then all you're doing is leading yourself to death. What is death? Death means there's no life. It's been destroyed. It has no value. When relationships end, they have been killed. They have been destroyed. And you destroy relationships when you let sin enter in. One way to ruin a relationship is to simply lie When you lie to somebody and they find out you're lying, you destroy the trust. Trust has been killed. Trust is death. Now you have to rebuild this trust by telling the truth. The problem is you lie so much you don't know where to begin. That's why you got to kill the old self. Because if you buried anybody, anybody been realizing that you might watch on the history and they go do archaeology and build up bodies, you know there's nothing left but the skeleton. And the skeleton is so decomposed, they're trying to figure out what happened before. And that's the same thing with us with skeletons not claw. We've lied about it for so long, we forgot what happened. And now we're making up stories trying to say, well, it really wasn't that bad. The issue is that Jesus knows how bad it really is. And that's why it behooved him. Look in the fifth chapter. It behooved him while we were yet still sinners, he died for us. Because he knew that you need to be set free. Tell your neighbor, you need to be set free. Paul gets excited in the, in the sixth verse, says, knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with. Do you understand that when you've been free to be dependent on God, you set yourself free from depending on your old self? Old self does old things. Old things get same old results. Depending on God, you'll get new things. And you'll get better results. Old things means when I'm in trouble, I lie to get out of trouble. I stay in trouble. New things is who the sun says free is free indeed. So I tell the truth because the truth will set me free. Come on, somebody. We see new things means I used to curse you out. But now, the, the, I'm sorry, the old thing means I used to curse you out. But the new things, I will bless you and curse not. And I might walk away feeling bad, but my Lord will lift me up. I'm so glad. Am I talking to somebody here? You see, the old way wants you to get results right here and now. What does the enemy do? He blinds us. With the pleasure of the present. Ooh. Oh, the present is pleasurable. I, I can get my body all tingly when I do certain things. It just feels good. We, we, if you need to understand how that thrill feels, those who like roller coasters, you know that thrill you get when you get on that roller coaster? I don't get that thrill. I get motion sickness. But those who get that thrill on a roller coaster, I, I see my siblings when they got off a good roller coaster, says, we're going to get on it again. And I'm looking at them like, I need to sit down. I just got off that bad boy. It's too much for me. 
But my thrill is I play in basketball. Hello, somebody. And I, and I cross somebody over and I go up for my dunk and I dunk on them. That's my thrill. I want to go back and do it again. Because I shock people because they look at me. I'm small in stature and they, I'm very unassuming. But when I jump up on them, whoo! That's a thrill I, 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 I get. And I want to do it again. The pleasurable of the present. And catch this, catch this. I was so pleased with my present that I should have been studying for my finals. I was out there playing basketball, knowing how I can jump up and dunk on people and block their shots. But one day, somebody got the better of me. Somebody jumped up to dunk. Somebody undercut me. My feet were up, over my head, and I was falling back, and I broke both my wrists. Then I was in some trouble. But the pride got the best of me because I kept on playing with broke wrists. I'm not going to lose this game. So I, I probably made things work because I know I, I pick up the basketball after I got dunked on. I, I was a point guard, so I'm coming down. Crossed up one, boom, it's game point, y'all. It's game point, win by two. Crossed up the other one. I saw my boy open for the layup. I passed it. I heard something pop. Snap. I said, uh-oh. Game point, we win. I said, my mouth, I broke my wrist. and said, no, you didn't. say yes, I did. I was in so much pain because I desired the pleasure of the present. I didn't think about the facts of the future that I was going to be up in some cast, in some pain, taking some aspirin. Same thing how the enemy gets us. He'll let you enjoy what you're doing so much. You're not even thinking about the consequences later. You get so caught up of happy of what you're obeying and the, and the thrill that you're getting back that you're not realizing it's only leading to destruction. You're so happy hanging out with someone. So you're so happy doing the crimes that you're doing. You're so happy gossiping and lying. But later alone, later on down the road, you start realizing you start losing friends. You start losing responsibilities. You start losing all the good things that you had and see stuff just start slipping away. All because you decided that I'd rather live in death than live in righteousness. You see, that's why we have to realize we've been set free from sin. Because sin, tell your neighbor, leads to death. We've got to remind ourselves that. Because oftentimes we're not scared of sin, just like Adam and Eve. They weren't scared at all. The serpent told them, surely you won't die. She all up by the tree. I'm, I, I am alive. Look at that. Adam, come on, take some of this. Yeah, we good. Then all of a sudden, the future came what? They were scared and hiding from God. See, the enemy does not tell you that when you sin, it brings a divider between you and God. Have you ever had that separation anxiety before from someone you love? We see so often from children when first day of school goes to somewhere strange, they have their arms stretched out and body like this. Like, I ain't going nowhere without you, mommy or dad. I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. It's the same way we are when we get caught up in sin and we see how we've been separated from God. We're long as the Lord, I want to be back where I was with you. And even when we don't have our mind to put, say, Lord, I want to be back. Look at this. God is still looking at you and say, I want you to be back with me. I tell you that I'm glad God does not give up on me. Tell you other day, I'm glad God does not give up on me. Because we see here 
that he has not given up on us because he realized in order for us to be set free, he had to set us free. Y'all see that? How Jesus died on our behalf. We, we see here, verse 15, so, well, then, since God's grace has set us free from the law, does that mean we can go on sinning? Of course not. Hello. Don't you realize that you become a slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to what? Righteous living. Since we've been set free from sin, that means we have a new life to live. Since we've been set free from sin, we have a new life to live. And, and, and don't we celebrate new things? We celebrate a new year. <laughs> Happy New Year, don't we? We celebrate your birthday. That's another year added on. You celebrate a new year. Some of y'all don't like it, but yet you're going to get older, but you celebrate it anyway. You make the best of it, Sal. I'm, I'm over here. That's why but bring me gifts. <laughs> Tell me how good I look. Go ahead and celebrate it. We celebrate new things. You get a new car. You tell everybody, am I right about it? When you get a new car, everybody wants to make sure they keep that new car smell as long as they can. Matter of fact, you like that new car smell so much, you know what? They sell it as an odor freshener. New car smell. We, we, we love it. We love stuff that is new. Even so much, some of us, I don't mean to step on any toes, you still got the plastic on your furniture. I'm going to leave that alone. I'm going to leave that alone. We like new stuff. We should celebrate. So every morning you wake up, you ought to celebrate new grace and new mercy. Because God has blessed you with one more day. Aren't you glad about it? So therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its lust. But instead, you should go out presenting yourself and members of your body as sin as instruments of, of, of righteousness. I like how Ephesians puts it, says how we are in the master's hand. And this is Samuel's translation. So therefore, we are a masterpiece. I am a masterpiece because I am the master's hand and he's doing what he can with me. You, you, you know a masterpiece when you see one. It's just awestruck. You know nobody else can do it. That's why God made you like he made you because there's nobody like you. Just go and tell your neighbor if they fall asleep, say, I'm a masterpiece. Go and let them know. Go and let them know. I'm a masterpiece. And, and let them know with a little attitude because I'm in the master's hand. Go and let them know with the attitude. I'm in the master's hand. Because when you're in the master's hand, Cassius, Cassius, look at this, look at this. You are free to depend on him. Look, 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 look. What happens when you're in the master's hands? When you're in the master's hands, he shapes you and he molds you. When you're in the master's hands, you are in the power of his might. Because God says this. He says, I redeem you by the power of my might. My arm of salvation. Look at the other thing about being in God's hand. Who sits at the right hand of the Father? You see, there's something about this hand. Look at what else the hand does. We get excited about it. We, too bad we oftentimes only mention it during depths. But yet, we can always remind that he will wipe away 
The tears from our eyes, you understand, there's something beautiful about this hand. The hand of God, when he touched people, they became healed. He rebuked evil spirits. The blind became see. There's something about being in his hand or just being touched by God. But the most beautiful thing about being in his hands is that you're within his reach. Think about how when you can reach somebody, you can able to give them things. Y'all, y'all didn't catch that, huh? He can give you blessings, give you brand new mercy. He can give you grace. He can give you strength. He can give you peace. He can give you joy. He can give you healing. It's amazing just being in his presence. But let me, let me point out again, being out of his presence means you're living in sin. And, and, and the sad thing is this, that the enemy is continuing trying to deceive us and put the veil over our eyes to blind us so we don't see the death that's all around us. But 13 tells us, present yourselves to God as those alive from dead. And your members as instruments of righteousness to God, you are no longer dead. Just think about that for a moment, the dead. All those movies of the living dead, the night of the dead, the attack of the dead, the dead, unalive, all the movies, right? All those movies about these dead folks, right? What do they always want to do to these dead folks? They want to kill them again. So it's ironic. They make movies about dead people, but all they want to do is kill them again. So obviously there's nothing fruitful from death. But we want to walk around dead. Think that there's something fruitful, but he's reminding us that since we have been brand new. How are we brand new? Because Jesus died on the cross for our sins to set us free, that no longer are we obedient to sin, which leads to death, but now we are slaves to righteousness. I I know we don't like that word slave, but I'm going to deal with that in a minute. But we should be slaves to righteousness, because if Jesus is Lord, if he is master, then I must be servant. See, see, that's the problem that when we are in his hands, it reminds us that I have nothing to say because I am in his hands. And so if I'm in his hands, I am depending on him. What, what, what did Peter tell Jesus? Jesus says something. They all left him. He says, are you going to leave? Jesus said, I can't go nowhere because you have the words of life. He talked to him and said, can these bones come alive? Lord, only you know. We realize that even the people of God realize, God, only if you say so, it will be. Lord, we're in your hands. If God is for us, what? Who can be against us? David had a mind in front of the giant. He said, you come with me and stay? He says, no, I come in the name of the Lord. Because I realize that I can't do it by myself. But I can do it through the Lord because sin shall no longer be my master. 
For I'm no longer under the law, but under the grace. As we think about this independence of Fourth of July, we are no longer under the law of Great Britain, but now we're under the law of the United States of America. But I'm so glad that in our spiritual realm, in our lives, that we're no longer under the law, but we're under grace. What does that mean? That means this, that, that by grace I have been saved. It does not matter how much I know about the law and how much I keep the law, that will not save me. It points out here in the text, uh, you can read it for yourself, it's in the sixth chapter still, I have not left that chapter. It says in there that Jesus died once and for all. He didn't have to do it again. He died once and for all to set us free. And since we have been set free, we are free to be instruments of righteousness. When you think about an instrument, an instrument is as a utensil placed into somebody's hand. An instrument can be a, 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 a drum set is nothing without a drummer. And a drummer still needs an instrument to play, and, and, that's, and he needs sticks in his hands. A, 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 a canvas is nothing without a painter, and still a painter needs an instrument in his hands. A carpenter, a plumber are still nothing without instruments in their hands. A surgeon is still nothing without an instrument in his hands. But still, I want you to point out, though there may be the person that has an instrument in their hand, they still have an object to work on. And both instances, the object always stands still. For one, the doctor knows you can't stand still, so they sedate you. <laughs> the doctor knows you're gonna be moving around. The pain be too much. The pain to be too much for you, so they say, "I'm gonna sedate you." A drummer has to have a drum set some way secure. Whether it be hooked onto their body, whether it be standing still, or in between the legs, they gotta hold it still. A painter has to use an easel to hold up the canvas or they lay it down on the ground and paint there. But still, it has to be standing still. The same thing with the plumber or the, the technician. they got to have the instrument standing still and they're standing right by, able to work on it. So what I'm trying to point out, that when you are free to stand still and to depend on God and let yourself be the canvas. Let God paint a beautiful picture. Let yourself be a broken pipe and let God fix you that you can be filling up and rushing with water. Let God make you whole by you just stand still and know that he is God. I want you to grab here that we find it in Isaiah. Isaiah tells us that, that, that though horses become Weary, a, a strong man becomes weak. We see how a, a strong man, the king in his army, he cannot gain victory, but it sells it. But yet they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Do you understand that you can see that God is a present help in a time of trouble? The Lord is my light. And my strength. Do you see how the Lord is my shepherd? So do you see over and over again when we call upon the Lord, it's not about us doing something and he making up the difference. It means, God, I got to sit back and let you truly be God. And when we let God be God, we leave room for him to operate. And that's why we are free. We are not free to live our lives as we want to. Do what we want to say, what we want to. I, I know we get so caught up because uh, 
God speaks to me. Well, I just want to remind you real quick, this on a side note, but just go back and read in Exodus and, and, and just read through there when Miriam was telling everybody God speaks to me and what happened to her. She got cursed. What I'm trying to point out to you is this. Don't get ahead of yourself. We need to realize that I need to just be still and let God be God. We get ahead of ourselves. Another opportunity to get ahead of ourselves. Look here. David went to the prophet Nathan and says, I want to build a temple. Nathan said, hey, that's a good idea. You go forth and do that. Nathan and David both got ahead of themselves. Then David forgot something. He went back and prayed. God said, no, my son. You see, you might have good ideas that sound good to somebody else and feels good to somebody else. But my question is, did you wait on the Lord? Because when you wait on him, you are clear in the direction of where to go. I'm going to try to leave you alone, but I'm feeling good. I'm going to leave you alone. Here you go. Here you go. We can depend on other things. We depend on OnStar and GPS and the operator on the phone. They tell you, wait, you wait. Come on, somebody. I know I've been on the phone waiting some half an hour to an hour just to get something fixed. You go to the customer service, and they tell you it might take two hours. You'll wait some two hours, especially when you got a date and you're going out to eat, and they tell you it's going to take you 45 minutes. You say, I'll wait. But yet God is telling you that I got a blessing waiting for you, and all you got to do is wait, and you're going to tell God you're not moving fast enough. You're going to tell God that I know my plans and I know what I want to do. I heard somebody say, you want to make God laugh? Show him your plans. But I'm here to tell you that you have to sit back and just rest on the Lord. And when you rest on the Lord, this is what you're set free of. You're free of worrying. Because <laughs> you know that God will take care of you. You're free of being stressed out because you know God will bless you out. <laughs> you're free of worrying about where you fall down into the dark because God says, out low, I'll be with you at all times. You're free of worrying about where my next meal is going to come. He said, blessed are those who thirst and hunger. I just want you to understand, whatever you're going through, God has told you, just wait. Because he will be there. He'll be there right and early. We read it again, we get started, joy, man. You know, our man may cry and sorrowful throughout the night, but joy comes in the morning. Some of us can testify that we had sorrows for a week. But when that morning came, you forgot about those sorrows, didn't you? Jonah was in the belly of a fish for three days. But when he got out, he forgot about that fish and went, talk about the Lord. Come on, somebody. Peter denied Christ three times, but when that morning came, he told everybody that my Lord is alive. I want you to realize that when you just sit back and wait on for God, to say so. You will be set free. Free, 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 free. I'm sorry, I got one more, one more illustration. I want you to always look at your life like this as the Bible shows it out to us. God called his people out of Egypt to go into the promised land. And when they were out of Egypt in between the journey, they wanted to go back to where they came from. 
But God said, I've called you out of that to go into the promised land. Your Egypt is your sin-sick life. And you have been brought out of Egypt. And I know, I know, I know you want to oftentimes go back or you look back and say, look, wasn't it better? Or didn't I have so much fun? Or you get with friends and reminisce how it used to be good in the good old days. But I want to remind you that God says, I have something better for you. And all they had to do was just wait on the Lord. Because Lord Lord, the Lord led them by, by, by cloud by day and fire by night. He fed them. He provided for them because he realized that I will keep my promise to my people who love me and I love them and I will be faithful. Do you understand that God's telling you I love you and I am faithful and I will keep my promise I have for you. And my promise is that I will set you free because who the son sets free is free indeed. The Lord is spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. So you might be tired. You might be weary. But he said, come all, come all who are burdened and heavy laden. For my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Sit under my teaching and find rest for your soul. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted. I will be deliverer. We thank God today that no matter what you're going through, you can just be still and know that he is God and you can be dependent on him and he will never, never let you down. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Lord, we come to you, God, right now, surrendering all to you. Lord, we need to truly depend on you, for you have set us free. And, Lord, you have given us rights to the fruit of the tree of life through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But, Father, until that day comes, we have to walk this road of obedience to you. That we will be slaves to righteousness and instruments of righteousness for your glory, God. So that we can see crime cease. We can see marriages healed. We can see our children knowing their parents. We can see families sticking together. We can see unity and peace and love. Because, Father, that's your desire. That we be one. But, Father, we realize we can't do it by ourselves. But only if we depend on you. So, Father, we keep our faith, our trust in you, as you will deliver us, as you will keep us, as you will guide us. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Let all God's children say amen. Amen, 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 amen.